Good evening and welcome to MTG Profits. This is episode 13. Uh, my name is Devin. I'm joined by my co-host Andy. Hey everybody. And this week uh, we're go going to be uh, talking, we're going to call this Simic Week. So we're going to discuss a little bit about the Simic Guild. I guess uh, before, before we get into that I should uh, probably reference that... Uh, if you haven't checked out the YouTube page, please feel free to do that. Also, the webpage at mtgprofits.com, no dash, just all one word, mtgprofits.com, for uh, uh, just more great information. Information, so please and all our picks and things are listed out there, so check it out. More content always on the way. I know it's still coming soon on some things, but don't worry. Just keep checking back. Lots of, lots of juicy goodies for you guys. Yes. So uh, I have to... Uh, uh, I guess uh, excuse myself in advance. I'm coming down with a little bit of a cold, so uh, hopefully this won't turn out too bad, and I'll be able to keep it to a, a relative minimum for the cast. And um, and hopefully it goes pretty well. We've got a couple of a couple of things to oh. talk about today. We're going to focus a little bit. Uh, we're going to start our series of um, more individual focus on some of the guilds for the up the upcoming guilds, I should say for. Uh, the Ravnica Alliance, so uh, maybe to get a little bit of insight and um, advanced uh, ideas prior to the set's release to hopefully uh, profit from uh, from the upcoming set. Exactly, yeah. So, we'll start uh, preparations for, what is it, Ravnica Allegiance? I believe so, <laughs> Ravnica Alliance or some but, such, yeah. 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 So, um, first we'll... Uh, Touch on a couple of news items. And, yeah, uh, lots of things in the news here lately yeah. to, to catch up on. Absolutely, I know. Uh, going uh, talking a little bit about Keyforge. That's the new the new hype. Uh, the other Richard Garfield game. People have been uh, going crazy about this. I, I don't know if you're if you're aware, but uh, there's been a lot of excitement over the Horsemen in, in these. Decks. I I have seen that. Yeah, these the special, specific Horsemen. I guess are the uh, they're the is it the deck or the card. Uh, I believe both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The um, it's like, I guess it's the rare card in the decks, and, in the and decks, yeah. people are uh, are starting to. Um, I, I wouldn't say invest. I would say speculate, and um, they're they're going crazy, hoping that uh, since this is the first edition of a Richard Garfield game, that um, these will be like the alphas of the future, <laughs> and uh, so they're trying to get in on the ground floor and jacking those prices up relatively quickly yeah i noticed a lot of the stuff was sold out yeah uh, as you mentioned the horsemen i guess some of those decks are going for what one on one to two hundred dollars on uh, yeah. ebay the ebay yep uh so yeah people are, are are making a run at this and then seeing if uh if it's gonna be worth some money and yeah, I, I would caution strongly against such a maneuver. If there are those of you out there thinking about that, I uh, I think maybe it's one thing to have fun and play the game. I would certainly not consider it an investable product. So um, we're, we're not anywhere close to that. Uh, so many games, so many card games have come and gone. And, uh, and people say, oh, well, this is a Richard Garfield game. Well... He's made several that have flopped since uh, Magic. <laughs> he, he, you know, he's still looking for that magic. You know that. Uh, yeah. That. Uh, you know. So realistically, you know, I, I wouldn't call it, you know him a one-hit wonder when it comes to card creation, but because uh, he did have some some success with Netrunner, and um, 
but uh, but I want to say he's he's developed a, a I think is it four or five games I believe it's several I mean as well as you know the the board games as well he's he's had yeah but uh, so I think you know I advise extreme caution when when thinking about using KeyForge as an investable product. I don't think it is an investable item. I would strongly urge against it. And I don't have anything against Richard Garfield. I think he's you know he's he's great. I mean he's the inventor of uh, yeah, probably the best card game of all time. So uh, yeah, yeah. you know, and every time he touches the set, you know the sets tend to be good. You know, like anytime they bring him back, you know he's he's just got a lot of built-in creativity and you know I, I think most recently what was it dominaria he had a little bit of a hand in that and yeah that was one of the most fun sets in recent memory and i think prior to that it was the uh, original ravnica not the return yep. to ravnica but um and you know still one of the most loved sets of all time and uh, exactly. so uh, he, he's really uh, he's, he's got a lot of creativity and I, I think a lot of the creativity has died it was of the coast but yeah but, uh, it does seem to be have have kind of uh declined certainly uh, petered off and um yeah unfortunate i, I would agree with you too i don't think it's the time to jump in on this it, it, it's really too soon to tell and like you said it, it's he's had other games. yeah exactly these card games are very tough to to actually uh stick let's say and actually have a long life and, and continue on i mean they gaining traction yeah really difficult. tough really tough. difficult i think they have such steep competition and you know, especially with all the digital formats and, and online games, it really, really tough to compete against that. Absolutely. Um, so we'll we'll see if it sticks around. Uh, is, uh, like Devin said as well, I, still no reason not to 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 play and try it out. I think its its actual release date was just before Thanksgiving. I think the um, the week before Thanksgiving. I think November fifteenth is when it actually released. Yeah, um, had the opportunity to play several times i have yeah i actually attended a a pre-release event uh for it and i had no experience with the game whatsoever i haven't played before the event i hadn't even read the rules uh i didn't have any of the cards or anything like that so i i literally learned the rules uh, about an hour before playing and i actually played my very first game during the event and which was the case for many of the people there and there was a decent crowd i would say probably 15 to well, yeah, maybe 15 to 20 people it's kind of um, a lot for your locals though correct it, it is it is and yeah. a lot of those were you know magic players um who were who come out and there was a lot of interest uh you know as far as the game goes I, i'd really have to play it some more it's definitely a different style um uh, if you're familiar with magic i think it'd be very easy for you to pick up on it uh, you know, a lot of the same similar, uh, same concepts, having creatures and casting spells. Uh, it is nice that you don't have to worry about mana in this game. You basically can cast as, as much of, you, of that type of house's cards as you want during your turn. Uh, so you don't have to worry about any sort of uh, not having enough mana to cast your, your spells. You just have to be a little bit more selective on uh, what you pick to cast. Um you know, as far as the fun factor, I mean, I would say it also, the games last a lot longer than Magic games, it seems. At least the games I played, I'd say a single game of Keyforge lasts as long as about several games of Magic. Um, I'm so not as fond of that. Game. Um, and, and the pro or con, depending on how you look at it, there is no 
uh, optimization of your decks. You have one deck, and you play with that deck, and that's it. Um, I think that's going to seriously limit its collectability. I would think so. I would think that would be a, a detriment over time, unless, you know, really giving you the only uh, other thing for you to do is just buy more decks. But yeah, uh, I think it's definitely fun. I mean, just, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't say be in a super hurry to rush out and buy it automatically quickly, uh, but check it out. If you like magic, if you, you know, enjoyed Richard Garfield's games, you want to try something different, check out Keyforge. It's definitely, it's fun. Um, Give it a try, you know. Yeah, I'm always a fan of of, of trying new things, new games. So I, I think, you know, and I, and I like competition in the marketplace. I think it 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 can only be good for the players, you know. Period. End of story. Exactly, and exactly. And I think to to support that too, I think you mentioned the fact that what was it on the release day or something when you had the app, which you can you can get their app and register your decks. There was something like 80,000 decks registered or something? Yeah, within 24 hours, there was uh, 80,000 decks registered, which uh, is cut close to about a million dollars worth. And one, one night's pretty nice. Yeah. And, yeah. I would imagine yeah. that um, you know the amount of decks registered versus the amount of decks purchased, I would imagine that it, at a very conservative um, guesstimate that um, the amount of decks purchased would have easily doubled the amount of decks registered. So, yeah. So definitely interest definitely has taken off here. Um, Absolutely. How much of that do you think is because the Richard Garfield name? You know, do you probably. think a lot of it? I'm sure yeah, that, uh, yeah I, I'm sure that had a huge impact. That people saw his name, card game, new game, something completely different as far as card games go with the the non-customizable acts aspect. Certainly helped. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, now it's just gonna. Now is the time to see how long it will actually last. Yeah, well, I guess it's something to something to keep tabs on. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, one of our other pieces of news, which is uh, uh, I, I find uh, amusing and mildly disheartening at the same time, is uh, I think we had talked about this earlier, but um, not in the podcast. But uh, a group of artists have banded together to. Uh, essentially boycott uh, all the GPs in uh, 2019, or I should say all the Magic Fests in, in uh, 2019, because I guess they're changing the name to... Although, they were changing the name, but I haven't heard anything since the original announcement of the name change. So I don't know if they're technically changing the name anymore mm-hmm. after they ran into that snafu where the name had already been licensed and owned by another company that runs <laughs> Magic Fest. It's funny, they didn't even do a Google search before they yeah. put that out there. That seems kind of weak. God, super weak. You know, you wonder who's working over at these places. Like, would you not just pop into Google and just type in Magic Fest and it, see if anything pops up? You would think maybe just a, even a cursory uh, look to see. Good God, what the hell's going on over it's there? Do they sloppy. not have interns that would do basic, basic Yeah, shit, that's, that's pretty basic. If you're going to oh, name something... Yeah. Make sure that name's not already being registered. Yeah, yeah. But uh, classic, you know, par for the course. You know, Wizards not really doing a good job or doing a half-assed job at best. (laughs) You know, I think it's not... uh, We shouldn't be surprised, let me put it that way. Yeah, so Grand Prix is now Magic Fest. Yeah, uh, that was tentatively what they were going to rename the Grand Prix to. Okay. And um, and that I believe is part of Magic, uh, part of Watsi's pivot away from professional play, 
um, more towards uh, casuals. So they've been uh, sort of for quite some time actually trying to pivot away from professional players and more towards the uh, catering towards the kitchen table players, which, yes, you know, which is their bread and butter. I, I don't, you know, sure, do that. Sure. but um, I, I remember years ago they uh, canceled the pro tour and people went ape, ape shit over that. And yeah. when they brought it back, they were like, our bad, you know, then they changed <laughs> the, then they changed the pro points. And then um, to something that makes you sort of have to grind nonstop if you're yeah. a player. And then they took away the uh, the paid invites. So they, they've been slowly, slowly grinding away at the professional. I shouldn't say professional. I should say promotional. Okay. But they've been, you know, because, uh, you know, for for years they've always, cons- Matt Watsi is considered the pro tour a promotional tour, not a professional tour. Mm. Uh, gamers have considered a professional tour. Okay. But, um but uh, so they've been grinding away at that for the longest. So now they, they want to pivot away from Grand Prix and their invites and things of that nature. And they want to try to focus more on the side events, you know, focus on, oh, all the other things you can do. Sure. You can see cosplayers. You can, you know, uh, you can see artists. You can, you know, buy things at the vendors, you sure. know, you can do all these sorts of things. We'll make it a more, I don't know, more... Oh audience friendly event yeah so you know I, I can't really fault them for trying to do that but it's funny how they uh, all the things that they do you know don't really promote that per se yeah <laughs> yeah know. and i mean but i just to jump in too it's like as a casual player i mean i that's more interesting to me to have some some event that is you know has drafts and has sealed events and has Two at a giant, and it has artists and cosplayers and all these other things. I, I really am not as interested in the professional aspect uh, of it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I you know, I, I sometimes I'll go to the GPs and not really even actually attend the GP. I mean, not actually play in the Grand Prix. I'll do yeah, all man. side effects. All you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because realistically, that's another thing. You know, they'll jack the freaking price up to eighty bucks. And then they wonder why people don't play in the Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, the, the the pricing does seem a little unreasonable. Even at thirty five bucks back in the day, I was like, well, I don't know if it's worth it. Eighty five bucks, it's a no brainer. It's not worth it to me. Exactly, exactly. No brainer. You're not you're not getting that that play mat and oh, the you know, God, promo yeah. card or whatever is not worth the the Heck entry no. fee. Heck no, not even close. So. But I think uh, along those lines was uh, that the the strike about the artists, and I guess the, yeah. there's been a complaint now that they're boycotting the the Magic Fest. Yeah, uh, apparently the the story is that um, well now Channel Fireball has an exclusive monopoly on all the GPs, so um, they've changed what they're going to uh, essentially provide for the artists, and um, the artists had. Um, a reasonable what i felt were relatively reasonable i wouldn't sure. say demands because they were more like observations slash complaints mm-hmm. and um historically they would be uh for example they'd be flown out to the gp and um they'd be put up in a hotel and uh they could then show up and have their you know ha- hang out at their table visit the yeah. you know have the fans visit and um it's always it's always been lucrative i think for the uh, for the artists, because yeah, people tend to tend to purchase prints and you know pay to have their place cards to, to store their their uh, materials and everything while at the event. 
Yeah, and I and I think um, so. I think realistically, the artists make money by going, but uh, historically, they've been provided a location at least to to sit and hang out, and um, and they were you know they'd be flown in and be given a hotel room, and apparently that has changed, and now they have to actually pay for their booth. Or, or they're given a tiny table, from my understanding. Yeah, and they're um, and they yeah, they're, very small and space. They pay to upgrade their booth, and um, so not only are they no longer being flown out, they're no longer apparently being given hotel rooms, and they're no longer, essentially, they're no longer being catered to in any way, shape, or form. It's all on the okay. artists, and and I do think that is a mistake because I think, you know. And the artists are not for everybody. You know, not everybody enjoys that. You know, I I do. I like going to get my cards signed. I consider it a fun part of the event. But I can see how a lot of people think, ah, who cares? You know, but um, it is a little bit of a draw for some people because it's something you can't do everywhere. Uh You know, (laughs) and I exactly. And I think you I think. (laughs) I think, you know, you you could be reasonable in saying that, hey, by you know me being an artist, by me being present, it draws extra people, and sure. it, it it you know I'm providing almost a service here, so I don't think it's unreasonable for for you to provide me a space to do that and fly me in if I am you know one of your you know honored guests, so to speak. Yeah, and I thought that was an interesting distinction that was made. I I in some of the the uh, online comments and whatnot about the idea of being a guest versus uh, being a vendor, I think was the. the yeah, there's essentially they're starting to be treated more like vendors and not as guests. Exactly, you and know? in I guess other types of industries, you know, like any sort of Comic Con or anything like that, you know, any celebrities will be treated as as actual guests, and they'll get flown yes. out, and they'll have paid appearances and they receive compensation for their their time. Yes, uh, exactly. Whereas the, the artists yeah, are not uh, really asking for compensation, they're just asking for their basic costs to be covered. Exactly, and I, I think too the to the whole thing, you know, the artists attending these events, and I think this is maybe from the beginning. I mean, they're not making huge amounts of money. You're not thinking they're oh they're gonna go here and they're just gonna be walking out fat fast with cash. No, they're they're probably lucky to break even and get a little bit extra on the on the side. You know, but. I think it depends. I think if they if their flight is paid for and their hotel room is paid for, I think they are going to walk out with some pretty fat stacks. I I would be surprised if they don't walk away with $1000 cash in hand at the end of a day. I would be surprised if it's less than that. I I guess if maybe we should say if if you're getting that compensation, if you had the flight paid for in the, the hotel. That's exactly before. right, yes. But if it was like... If you had to pay for the flight in the hotel, own, yeah, you're going to break even. Yeah. And I think there's two other things, too, that they were saying, well, you know, um, we're being asked to do more, like should do art classes or, or other kinds of uh, pieces during the event, uh, which, you know, or, or, which is extra responsibility. I and, think that's very unreasonable to yeah, ask to ask for them to provide a service for free. Yeah. And uh, you know, it takes time. You know, going to the event, doing uh, the any sort of drawing or doing any extra uh, classes or whatever at the event. This is all time that they could have been spending, you know, at home in their studio working on other projects, making actually making money. <laughs> yeah, or even just doing whatever. You know, their, yeah. their time is valuable. They're the guest. 
you should at least provide them a space, pay to bring them in, and give them a freaking hotel room. You know, that, that's exactly. all. That's all you. That's all you really need to do. But apparently, that's too much to ask. So, you know, yeah. It, it's funny because ever since the monopolization of the GPs, they seem to be really going downhill. They're 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 go they're getting way more expensive. You know, like I said, in the last like two or three years, they've gone from roughly you know thirty bucks to attend to like eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. You know. They're charging the vendors twice as much to have the vending booths. Um, a guy at my locals was telling me that. He said that they're not going this year because um, – or they've been there for the last two years, and they've had booths at the GP Vegas. And okay. um, and they said they're no longer going to do that because the booth price went to almost ten grand for the – Oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah. He said there's no way. that He says, you know – he said it was five before, and um, – so, you know, they would make, you know, like, say, 7500 bucks. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't tell me exactly. Sure. But he did tell me how much it cost. So, yeah. so you know, I'm assuming 7500 bucks. But because uh, what he had told me was at ten grand he wouldn't be making any money. It wouldn't be worth yeah. it to go, you know. So, because, you know, you got to staff the booth. You got to, you know. You got to staff. You got to bring uh, all your product. You got to bring You got to pay for air fl- pl- fl- for your flights. You got to pay yeah. for your room and board and food and everything else. Yeah. So when the cost of the so it seems like the the channel fireball is milking it to the absolute maximum. You know, they're milking the customers, they're basically the player base by jacking up the rates for the for the GP. They're they're milking their vendors by doubling the price of a vending booth and now they're starting to milk the artists by making them pay as if they were vendors. So it really <laughs> seems like, you know, so they basically milked everybody. Everyone <laughs> yes you know it's like so why it, even attend that you know it's almost like the the classic i'm gonna cut my nose off to spite my face you know yeah. argument like oh, i i hate you know i it's it's just unbelievable you know and, and i guess the other thing to, to 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 think about too i guess is is there any really reason for that besides just increasing profit i you know has the actual costs increased like i could say well maybe Maybe you could rationalize it if, well, you know, the convention hall now up their charges to host events, you know, so we got to pass that charge on by increasing things. Yeah, Not, you know, something like that, perhaps. But if the, the costs remain basically the same, then, yeah, or, or you know, all things being equal. Exactly. My understanding of part of the problem is that the attendance has dipped relatively dramatically. So what's happening is they're needing to make the same amount of money mm. on fewer attendees. So what's happening is they can't charge 30 bucks anymore. They need to charge 60 bucks because there's half the amount of players. So I think that's part of the issue is that the GP attendance is down. But I think this is the absolute wrong way to fix the problem. It's going to increase the death spiral. Exactly. You know, if your attendance is down and you double the price, guess what's going to happen next year? It's going to be down even more. Yeah. It, what are you, then? What are you going to do then? You know, charge you know, even more? Well, that's exactly, not going to work. You know. <laughs> so it's exactly the wrong response, and um, and I don't know what they're thinking at Channel Fireball. I don't know why you would do that, but um, you know, maybe they've. Uh, <laughs> Or, maybe, or they're, maybe they're just after the short-term profit. I mean, maybe we'll just maybe. get as much as we can for now, and guess what? We'll, we'll wash our hands of it after this year, and we're out. 
that could very well be. That, I, that may I don't be know. what they're thinking. I don't yeah. know. Because it seems like very common business sense. Like, hey, we have dwindling, uh, we have dwindling uh, customer base, so let's double the prices. You know, like, yeah. holy cow. I, I can't imagine a business where that actually would work. That doesn't you know? seem to make much sense. Unless you dramatically change your product offering. You know, if you're going to double the price, you all of a sudden make it an exclusive event at a private location. Do you know what I'm saying? Not like yeah. a giant freaking GP. You're like, we're going to have, we're going to rent out a, you know, I don't know, a, a, a cruise ship. The GP the, cruise. The magic cruise. Yeah. You know, yeah, you do absolutely. something special and charge an exclusive price. Yeah. You know, yeah. that is the only way that by decrease, by increasing revenue and decreasing your customer base, can you make that work? You can't. You, they're just gonna grind themselves yeah, down. You to really have up. to change your offering or, or yeah, something. You can't I give think. people the same garbage and double the price and expect them to swallow it. Nope. Yeah, that that's just doesn't make any sense. It's not gonna work. Well, I mean, you know, we'll 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 see what happens. I mean, obviously, I think which I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, attendance is just gonna keep dropping. Yeah, uh, you're gonna get more, uh, you know, uh, blowback from the artists and other people in the community, and you know, it's just gonna back. be be worse because uh, exactly, it's, it's, a, it's a little a little death spiral there. Yeah, you know? exactly. Really, just. I mean, I, I think I totally agree with you. I mean, I think they they should, you know, treat the artists as guests. You know, pay for their airfare, pay for. Uh, their hotel, or at least you know, discount it somehow. I mean, exactly. You're asking these people to attend and you know, basically promote the event through them, use their name even, exactly. and you're you know, they're really getting nothing for it. Absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's funny. The the list of artists was relatively extensive too that had uh, signed on. Yeah, I know some yeah. pretty good ones on there too. Yeah. Yep. So. It'll be curious to see if uh, how that uh, plays out. And I know from our our trips to the GPS, I think we both you know in, enjoyed uh, visiting the artists and and getting cards signed and buying prints and and Absolutely. checking out what they had and and talking with them and. You know that was like a, an extra bonus of being at the GP. Oh, right? absolutely! It was it was it was fun. It was fun it, to look yeah. through their stuff. And it made it it made it more than just like going to your regular locals and playing there. It, exactly. it made it something a little more special. So, yep. And to yeah. have like an actual print and it's signed by the actual artist, and you feel well, you know, that's that's something special something that special. I have now. Yeah. You know. I totally agree. I'm sitting here looking at them. They're stuck up on my wall right now. You yeah. know. So and, I, 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 I appreciate remember, it. Like, uh, I remember when we used to go to a bunch of GPs, and you could ask an artist to sign a card, and they wouldn't bat an eye. They'd sign one card, they'd sign five cards, they'd sign, sign ten cards. And you didn't have to buy anything from them, you didn't have to tip them. It was fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. They were fun. And then I remember, gosh, it's maybe been three years now, maybe a little bit more, I was at a GP... And I went exclusively for the artist because it was an artist that I liked. I think um, it might have been the John Avon that was there and maybe somebody else. Oh, really? And um, yeah, I wanted to get some of his stuff signed or, or whatever. And I, I went up to one of the other artists. He wasn't available, but someone else was there, I think. And uh, I, I asked, you know, can you sign this card? And I said, sure, sure. And they signed it. And then they're like, one dollar, please. And I, I said, what? I didn't understand. What was yeah, going on. yeah, it was like you were confused. I was confused because in the past it had always been basically free for for getting things signed, and now it had jumped to one dollar or more just for a signature 
per card. I, I think in some cases maybe you got like five for a buck or something, but I think the the majority were a dollar a card, which was, you know, from going for from going from free, <laughs> for yeah. basically unlimited cards to a dollar per card. I, I was immediately turned off. I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm fine getting, you know, I understand that they want to make some money. Signing cards is a way to do it and all that. But I will say that that definitely turned me off. Um, you know, a dollar for a signature is kind of cheap. You know, I, I would agree. I, the only thing, just to play devil's advocate, is you've seen these people drop down fucking two hundred cards. I have, and you're like. Dude, what the hell are you trying to do? So you know, I, I think maybe they do that as a as a deterrent, but I think maybe a more reasonable approach would be if you have more than ten cards to sign, you know, I, I would appreciate Over you purchasing a print a or something, something like that. Yeah, you know, so that that, that way that would be a better because otherwise that one guy is going to hold up the entire line of people. It's going to, you know, it's going to hold up the artist. It's going to, you know, so I do understand that there should be limits in place or just put up a little sign that says, you know, maximum cards signed 10. Yeah. You know, be reasonable. You know, I I think it's a little funny when you just go to like, no, a dollar per card. I'll use that as my as my deterrent factor. You know, that may be a little bit over the top. And maybe they're just a little extra full of themselves. Yeah, because I was just like, wow, you know, I have, a, you know, 10 cards or whatever by this artist, and I'd like to get them signed, but heck, for a dollar, $10, and that's just for the signature. Forget yeah. about if I wanted to buy a print or anything else. Well, yeah. gosh, I, I, you know, I didn't really think it was going to cost that much. I guess maybe I'm just going to have one or two, my, my super most favorite ones signed. And then other than that, that's just not worth it to me. Yeah. And uh, like you were saying, you know, and I understand some people take advantage of this. I I remember going to a comic book convention and this guy, he was some younger handicapped kid. And uh, I, I, you know, I'm not not to pick on him or anything like that, but he he clearly was was taking some advantage of the system because he came up to the, the artist and he had a stack of maybe a hundred, literally a hundred comics. Of the same one, the same exact oh, comic wow. to get it signed by this artist. And you know, in cases like that, it's not like, you know, the one or two for my collector's purposes. This is a hundred that I am getting signed that I will sell to make yeah. money off of. That's, yeah. That is the purpose behind, you know, such volume. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, so I can understand why they might want to limit the amount of cards they sign. But um, that just seems extra douchebaggy. It is. I mean, in that case, the artist did kind of scowl, but I think he he, he felt that he was kind of locked in because, oh, I can't turn down this young kid. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was kind of in a corner on that one. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think there's definitely maybe limits on that. But, you know, it still goes back to the whole the whole thing that maybe, you know, this is that was a response to the cost getting cut and the, the benefits being cut as you know, becoming not a guest anymore, but a vendor. So, yeah, maybe maybe we spark these kind of additional pricing. <laughs> it would have been funny if after you the guy signed the card and he was like a dollar, please, and you were like, nah, <laughs> and you just walked away and left the card. It would have been funny. Like you can keep the card. This is a common that costs like ten cents. 
<laughs> I could have bought ten of them for that price. And it's not even about the dollar. It's just like the the rudeness of it. You were like, wait, what? Yeah, I was I was shocked. I was that's shocked. Too, that's funny. Yeah, not not used to that at all. But yeah, I, I think totally totally agreement. You know, support the artists and work out some fair compensation or, or fair deal for them. Exactly. So, do we have any other news items? I think, uh, do we want to touch briefly on Ultimate Masters? Uh, yeah, it seems, uh, it seems uh, as far as the financial aspect, that's what I'm a little more keyed up on or, or well, I guess aware that, of. Or if you want to touch where things are at as far as its, its uh, finances, or just, you know, I, I know we got the, the full spoiler has been posted. We well, know all the cards now that are going to be part of it. Um, yeah. Did so, you have any any, good. any thoughts about it? Or any yeah. cards that you're you're excited about? Or you know what? I I think a lot of the set looks honestly pretty decent, which is you know which is good. They though I think they pulled out all the stops and at least a lot of the stops. I do know, excuse me, that um, the current value has settled between two seventy five and two eighty five on eBay. So. That's kind of good. Okay. Supplies are still relatively flush. They can still be purchased for that price. And uh, I, uh, I do know that um, there has been a pretty, in my mind, surprisingly high demand for the boxes because they're, they're selling robustly on eBay. And um, I know earlier, uh, I want to say, what, a week or two ago, uh, Rudy from Alpha Investments offered the... Um, and he's probably one of the largest YouTube channels. I think he's the second or the third largest. He offered his uh, patrons uh, box for 250 but you had to buy two at a time. Okay. And um, he sold 700 boxes in 26 minutes. That's so he, his entire allocation was sold in less than a half an hour. And that, to me, is a little surprising because of the cost. I'm I mean, sure. I, 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 you know, so what that tells us is that demand for the product is high. You know, um, as we talked about before, like Sports and More sold 4,000 boxes in a 20, what was it, 26 hour period or something, something like, like that? Something like that, yeah, yeah. I can't it's remember. Crazy. But yeah. uh, they had sold 4,000 boxes in like a day. And uh, which, again, shocking when the price is, you know, 250. Yeah. And um, it, it just shows that. Um, there is demand there for very expensive products, which I'm a little a little perturbed about because I, I'm afraid that the success of such a product is going to promote WotC to do these kinds of high-dollar packages again. You know, yeah, yeah. To, to refresh our, our listeners' memory that we had recently that the guilds, what was it? The guilds of Ravnica Premium Edition. Oh yeah, that's you know, right. That's that right. debacle at uh, Hasbro's website. But those were, I want to say, two hundred and fifty a box as well. Yeah. Th- those are the ones where was it? You got the special planeswalker. Special was... planeswalker packs. Eight. Okay. So eight packs were special out of that twenty-four pack box. Yeah. And now these, the Ultimate Masters with their box toppers, you know, and uh, you know, it's very I, gimmicky. Um, yeah, I just don't like the apparent move towards. All these premium products, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I'm afraid it, it it signals their their level of success with it indicates that they will do it again because there's no reason for them not to. Because yeah, guess how not? much more it costs them to print uh, Ultimate Masters versus R- Rivals of Ixalan. 
Yep. It costs them the exact same amount of money to print these cards. But in one version, they make three times more money. Yeah. So why would you not do that as a company? I would. Absolutely, yeah. Guess what? They will, too. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet on that one. Yeah. But um, any so did I assume you took a, take a took a look at the spoilers as well? I did. You know, I'll be honest. There's there's nothing that really jumps out to me. There's not like one card where I have to say, "Wow, I, I, you know, I'm I'm super happy they reprinted that card. I really, you know, wanted that uh, Lord of Extinction or Tarmogoyf or or whatever." I I don't know. I, I cannot. I understand the appeal. There's a lot of good rares in there. There's a lot of good mythics in there. Uh, I like the new artwork on some of the stuff. I like the new uh, Boggle. I, I like he looks pretty nice. I always uh, like Boggles. I, I always, yeah. Yeah, I always like cool. them. Those and the and the Oafs, I like those too. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, on the whole, there the wasn't monkey. like really one card or or you know land or anything like that where it was like, wow, I, I I've got to get it. You know, a lot of these all to me personally as a collector and things that I'm looking for. Uh, are, are nice to have cards, um, but you know nothing that I was really, you know, blown away by. I should say. Fair, fair point. Uh, you know, they, they've got plenty of high dollar cards in here. You know what I do like is that they've got some nice, um, they've got some nice rares, and they and they've got some some heavy hitters in the rare slot, like the Noble Hierarch, and yep. you know, and and even, uh, <clears throat> and I want to say, is Snappy printed at rare? Or yep. Is he mythic? Um, oh, he's a mythic. He okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so that you know, I, I like when they, I like when they have some value in the rare slots. You know, yep. the uh, the the uh, Reviark and the Daybreak Coronet are kind of pricey. The Bridge from Below. You know, I, I like when it's not all about the mythic Mythics. rares. Yeah, know? I think they they yeah, and I think from what the i've seen as tutor, far right, as uh, estimated values and things that it's good everything is is yeah. good the, the value is good the uh, the mythics i think tended to be a little bit more of a um of a range on that with the the higher value ones being lesser what was it uh, uh only a select few of the mythics are really the higher value ones um but a, a greater dispersion the rares uh, for value. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I can't tell you how nice it would be to pull a demonic tutor out of a pack. That would bring me back to the the last time they printed that. Was that revised? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, uh, they've had so many variations on it, though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But it's still good. Still awesome. It's still good. It's still good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So, but I guess here's the big question too, and I've seen people's comments on this. Do you think the price is going to drop uh, on the boxes? You know, maybe one to two months after official release. You know, I don't think so. I, I think they will probably hold their price. I actually think they will climb uh, slowly at first, and then um, a couple of years from now, probably two, they'll probably wouldn't surprise me if they're like four hundred dollar boxes. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. Number one is that there are high demand mythics in them, high demand rares in them. You know, not just low supply cards. You know, where they haven't they haven't been printed since Urza Saga. You know, yeah. but also just cards that people want. People want Snappy. People want Bitter Blossom. People want Tarmogoyf, Liliana the Veil. Vale. 
People want these cards. These cards are evergreen when it comes to the value that they bring to the table. You know, on top of that, cards that rare like Noble Hierarch, you know, Vexing Devil. I love that card, you know. Entomb, you know, Demonic Tutor. These are cards that 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 have they 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 have demand. And um, so I think that'll keep some of the I think that's going to insulate some of the product, uh, I guess, the product diminishment. It'll it'll keep that in check. And then when you throw on the box topper, in addition to all these reasonably good cards, I think that the Ultimate Masters booster boxes will not sink a few months after. I would actually suspect that they will climb. Okay. Because what's going to happen is I think they'll 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 they're probably going to have the initial run, then they may have a, a small second wave like they did for um, like they did for uh, oh the uh, the recent unset unstable unstable and um, and then that's going to be it I don't they won't be reprinting it and um, they uh, and I think at that point once the supply dries up the demand is going to creep up almost instantly so I. I don't think they'll drop. I, I think hmm. they. I think if you could get a box for between two fifty and two sixty five, you know, I think you're probably going to be fine. I don't think they'll ever go below that price. I have to, so. to keep my eye on that. I'm going to go the opposite direction, and uh, I'm going to keep a look and see if they do drop after release, and maybe pick up something. Then I, I I've just been really kind of wary of this because, well, really the the high price tag, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I I if if it, if I can I will buy probably boxes upon boxes if I can get them at 250. So if I can get them for that level or less now that they've been the full, the full spoilage has been happened. Mm-hmm. You know. But um I think I only have one box on order currently. I think I paid 262. Okay. So, but um well, that was a little bit of a leap of faith just because I didn't know what was in the set, sure. you know, sure. other than uh the box toppers but uh we'll see i i think they'll go up you know I, i'll pay attention as always to i always pay attention yeah, to the sealed absolutely. box prices and um and if they dip i will probably be a buyer at anything close to 250 hmm. so i also think sometimes whenever they make something for the first time it, it, it's you know like for example, these box toppers, which yeah. I feel is super gimmicky, and I, I'm oh, not a fan. You know, kid. it's it's really the closest thing Wizards has ever done to selling singles to the players. Yeah, exactly, know? exactly. And so, I, I, so it's uh, it, very gimmicky. I don't like it. However, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it doesn't have value. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, exactly. I, I have to try to separate my emotions from the yeah. the value of the product. So it's the first time they've done this. It's the you know it's the mm-hmm. the, the final supposed last master set. Sure, you know? sure. But sure. Uh, they'll bring it back. They'll just call oh, it something absolutely. different. They'll call it something different. They'll call it you know, you know who knows. Yeah. They'll, they'll come up with something. Ultimate. Uh, they'll they'll call collectors, it uh, uh, exactly collectors something. edition. Collectors Supre- edition classic. Supremes. Yeah. <laughs> They'll come up with some other name that they just won't call it Masters, but that's exactly what it'll be. So. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, we'll keep an eye on it and see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I think it's probably about time for us to yeah, move on well, to some picks here. Yeah, we're, we're running a, we'll come 
coming up on our 45-minute mark here. Absolutely. I, I think just uh, as you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I think we wanted to get our, as far as picks, for the next couple episodes, I think we're going to focus on what our picks would be based on the next set coming out, which I think is the Ravnica Allegiance. Uh, and that's going to feature several, I guess, the remainder of the guilds that we have not seen yet. That's right. Um, which would be Simic, um, Grohl, uh, Orzov, uh, Rakdos, Azorius, and Azorius. Yeah, so, exactly right. Um, we've got a couple other guilds. Each of them have you know mechanics specific to them. Uh, and I think we're going to concentrate uh, first on Simic, which is uh, green-blue. And... Typically very counter-heavy guild. Very counter-heavy. We're seeing a lot with yes, the plus one, plus one counters has been classic in, in Simic. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, we had Evolve in the past. We had Graft in the past. Um, we've had a lot of... There's Plus, counters are all over the place. And we've got so yeah. many things that, that give counters. Um, there's a lot of opportunities here. And I think... Uh, you know, it always comes up, and I think what's well, I should say, you know, we, there's always a focus too on the tribes and whatnot, and I think, um, you know, we'll see that too uh, as part of Simic, uh, especially where Merfolk are concerned. I was gonna say, you think it'll be the Mer? You know, I think there's a lot of interest in the Merfolk. I think people, whether it happens into reality or not, I think there's a lot of interest for wanting them to become big uh, wanting the merfolk to take off and really you know uh, yeah. become one of those top tribes along with elves and goblins they're always close to breaking out you know they're always like a tier two you know modern deck you know that's typically mono blue merfolk but um the but, green uh, with the addition of the green it's really powerful they're they're great especially in standard i i played i, I played a match on arena earlier and the the I had a mono red deck. the The lowest casting cost I had in my hand was three mana, so I couldn't do anything until until I had my three mana out. And the, the my opponent was playing Merfolk, green blue Merfolk. He had two lands for the majority of the match. By turn three, when I dropped my my creature, he'd already taken my life down to seven, and he had <laughs> three Merfolk. He just had three Merfolk. He had the the speaker. And he had two of the um, the plus one plus one to other merfolk. Oh, the, the merfolk lords. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> there, I, I by turn four I was dead. I could not stop him because he dropped another lord and then another merfolk. Oh, so he, I, I, there's nothing I could do. He he was <laughs> just so fast and such a brutal combination that early. Yeah, he he had like a he had a nut draw is what he had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, all I needed to do was get to turn three or three mana because at three mana I could cast start casting everything in my hand and I I could stabilize. But yeah, not enough time. Yeah, those merfolk are great. I mean, I, I I do enjoy them. I I don't have a deck about them, but I've played against them and they do seem quite potent. So certainly in standard, the that green blue merfolks are uh, are quite quite fun. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think some great cards there. Do you want to do maybe, you know, and we can continue this into next episode. Maybe you want to do two picks from two Simic picks. Sure, sure. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. 
my uh, my first pick is is probably my um, my my I guess my highest priority pick, so to speak, okay. or my my highest level of confidence. And um, I freaking love this. I keep going back to this well again and again and again. It's always about the lands for me. Mm-hmm. So the I'm all about the Dominaria Simic land, the Hinterland Harbor. Hinterland Harbor. Yeah. yeah, it's just so freaking good. It's only been printed in Innistrad and Dominaria. That's it. You can currently get these cards for a little over two bucks, and um, about two. Well, between two and three, for the Dominaria version. And um, you need to snap these bad boys up instantly. If you have any need to play Simic, fo- you're going to need four of these things. Yeah. And um, they, they are, uh, they, I think they will creep up. I think there's, there's, it's, it's a, there's only one way for them to go. Once the Simic Guild gets released, these cards are going up. So that's that's my number one pick, the Hinterland Harbor. Hinterland Harbor. It's kind, we... kind of a boring pick because it is a land and... But uh, when it's all about the money, though, I, I got to go with what I know is going to work. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, we've mentioned, we talked about that before. And I think that's a solid pick for uh, what's what's coming up here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've got a lot of picks, so narrowing it down is going to be tough. So I'm going to, I'll do kind of the same. Maybe start with my my top ones here first, and then I can talk about some of the others in the, the upcoming episodes. And if you've got um, a couple of picks, you could always round it out. Like maybe you could have two and a bonus or something like that. Yeah. Um. The one, uh, one, one good one I think that's probably a little bit underrated um, is the Beast Whisperer. He's from Guilds of Ravnica. He's a two-three elf druid for four. Uh, whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. I mean, we know that these are going to probably be creature-heavy decks, whether it be merfolk or elves or whatever else, um, some combination thereof, or maybe just larger creatures, more efficient creatures. Who knows? But uh, casting a creature spell to draw a card is a great deal. Yeah, seems good. Seems card draw good. in green is, is you know fairly uncommon. Uh, and this is pretty solid. And he's an elf to boot from whatever you know bonuses he can get from that. Absolutely. You know, right now Absolutely. going for about a dollar. Uh, dollar. Yeah, you less. can't beat that. So I think he's definitely uh, gonna rise. Yeah. It's a good. It's a good pick. I, I I agree. Card drawn green is always very useful. It's hard to get. And it just gives you gas. Exactly. Yeah. It just keeps you going. Absolutely. My uh, my second pick is um, I, I I'm almost positive this is one of your picks. This this card is so it's good. Probably. <laughs> it, it, it's so good and um, it, it's uh, I think this might have been an episode two pick for you. And uh, it's in the Simic color and it's it's one of these uh, flip cards and it's an enchantment. It's a legendary enchantment I card. Think I can guess. <laughs> yeah, this card is so good. You know, this is this is another. This is another card where I, I think there's only one way for it to go. My level of confidence in this pick is high, so I would, you know, and that, that's why I'm going back to this well again. It, mm-hmm. It's just so good. It's it's your uh, your Hadana's climb. Yeah. Yeah. Three mana enchantment yep. says at the beginning of your turn or at the beginning of your combat, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. I mean that all by itself is awesome, 
Awesome. You know, and then once it has, once a creature has three, and once a creature has three more counters on it, you transform it, and it flips over into the that land that adds a mana of any color to your pool, and then you can pay three mana to target creature gains plus X plus X for mm-hmm. X is its power. So it's so good for a buck thirty. This card is just is again. It's great. I would consider a high priority pickup, and I. I hate to bogart on one of your previous picks, but it's just too good. I just couldn't pass no, it. No, no, I think it, it definitely fits, um, you know, uh, for, for Simic, uh, definitely is going to be coming. So Couldn't uh, pass it up. It's I a buck it, 25 it, now, so buy him now! Doesn't hurt to, to reiterate that. Um, yeah. That's definitely a good one. I, f- I feel like I should pick a card in blue since I talked about green. Um, I got a couple blue picks here, but... We talked about Merfolk, so I feel I should say something about Merfolk. I I like this card. He's in some of my Merfolk deck. He, um, he is Kapala, the Warden of Waves. He's a uh, legendary Merfolk. He's a 2-2. He's really a, uh, I don't know, I'd say a Merfolk protector. Uh, spells that opponents cast that target a Merfolk you control cost two more. Abilities that opponents activate to target your Merfolk cost two more. So he's going to protect all your merfolk from, you know, any sort of spell attack, basically, or ability attack. Yeah, Uh, it's a really good card. He could fit in any deck where there's merfolk, because he can protect them. Uh, He's a wizard, so he's got that going for him, too. Maybe he can be in a wizard deck if you're going to go around wizards, which is another Or even just that counterspell could be in the deck because of that thing. Because there's other merfolk wizards, too, so... Yep, there's a, a counter spell that uh, the Wizards Retort, I think it is. Yep, uh, only pay two when you got a Wizard in play. Exactly, so he fits for that. Uh, he's just great protection for Good your all player. around. Uh, Absolutely, and, great card. I really like that one. That's yeah. that's a great card. I looked at that for um, in the the mono blue Merfolk deck that I have for ma- for uh, the modern deck. It's um, exactly it's yep. great. It's uh, it takes the um. It could take the slot of the uh, Cure of the Great Glass Spinner. and mm-hmm. uh, But it's a Merfolk, so the Merfolk Lords in that mono-blue deck just would love having an extra Merfolk. So, sure, another Merfolk. I mean, he's protecting all your Merfolk. Uh, you know, forget about that uh, murder or whatever. They're going to have to pay extra. Yep. So it's going to buy you a little bit more time, which you can then use to whip, because you're not going to need a whole lot with the Merfolk. That's right, that's right. So and he's going now for under a dollar. So uh, oh wow, that's great deal. Great pick. He's like sixty. Is, he's a rare. Sixty-six cents or so. Uh, yeah, he's a rare. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Excellent. I have a little bit of an update on uh, a previous uh, a previous sell order, and I, I want to say this was um, this was one that you had sold, I believe, relatively early on in your guild's opening, but uh, the pelt collector. His, oh uh, yeah, the, he has tumbled. How far the mighty have fallen! The, the pelt has fallen greatly. He's, uh, <laughs> close to a dollar now. He's uh, wow. like a buck and a quarter. So, uh, so that was the right call back in the day to sell the poor pelty because his, uh, his his pelt is considered worthless. <laughs> <laughs> that poor elf. He spin. had his moment, and it's oh, over. Sure yeah. So uh, that was uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think, uh, what was his uh, his initial, what was he at his at, high? Oh, gosh, uh, 16 bucks. To, uh, yeah, about 15, 16, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. 
just tumble. That just goes to show yeah. you that, you know, things are always worth the most at their initial release or prior to it. Very often prior. Yep. That's right. Uh, and then after that, it just sinks like a yeah. rock. <laughs> In a lot of cases, it's really hard to choose that one card that's going to go up out of the whole set. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But, uh, poor Pelty, <laughs> he was not the one. I think the uh, the, the Doom Whisperer is still living living on my still living table. large. Yeah, I think he's still in the low twenties. If I last I saw, yeah, well, about eighteen or so. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's doing okay. Yeah, you can get him uh, near mint, uh, fifteen sixty four. Not not not. Uh, it's creeping downward a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's flying a little lower. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's still good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, we'll probably we'll continue. I think our, our Simic review uh, next episode. I, I know I can have some more to rattle off, and then we'll move into some of the other guilds. Yeah, maybe we could do a wrap up and then move on to uh, the Gruul or the. Uh, you know, if we would get a little bit of, I guess, feedback, we could do whatever people chose. But uh, so if anybody has any. Any interest in any particular of the upcoming clans, we'd be happy to entertain that. So uh, yeah. you could drop a comment yeah. on the SoundCloud or... or uh, <laughs> yeah, or Rakdos uh, for the win. Yeah, even check out uh, the website or uh, yeah. even YouTube. If you want to leave a YouTube comment, we'll respond there. So basically, if you want to get in touch with us in any way, shape, or form, we are available. And uh, yeah, we'll make it happen. So just to recap, too, uh, so Devin's picks for uh, Simic here, Hinterland Harbor and Hodama's Climb. And then I have to go with the Beast Whisperer and Kopala, Warden of the Waves. So definitely some some solid picks for Simic and, and more to come, too. Very good, very good. Great. Well, I, I think with that, um, you know, we'll continue this next time. Uh, look at Simic and then whatever other news comes up. And uh, until then, uh, may your picks always be profitable. We'll catch you guys later. <laughs>